Good morning and welcome to worship here on this first Sunday of the month, on this Communion Sunday. As we gather here in this place, I do ask that before we begin that you make sure that you have some elements for communion, some bread or crackers or some juice or some wine. Make sure that you have those elements together so that we will be able to have this Sunday, this Communion Sunday together, even if we are not in the same place. And now let us begin with a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Please join me in the call to worship. Have you not known? Our God is the everlasting God, creator of the ends of the earth. Have you not heard? God does not think or grow weary. Have you not known? God's understanding is unsearchable. Have you not heard? God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Have you not known? Those who wait for God will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. We come to heal. We come to know. Thanks be to God. Amen. Oh 
Jesus, Redeemer, mighty to save, you are the love song we'll sing forever, bowing before you, blessing your now let us light our peace candle. God of peace, God of love, God of healing, we turn to you and we light this candle of peace. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your peace so that we can work to make this world a more peaceful place. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Good morning, kids and adults. Hey, Charlie. What do you think God is like? Well, Bernie, in the letter of John in the Bible, John says that God is love. Wow, that's sweet. Yup, he says God is love, and those who love have God within them. So, the more loving we are, the more God is with us? You got it, Bernie. Wow, that's special. Does that mean that God is with us in the good times and in the bad, in the happy times and in the scary times? Absolutely. God is always with us, especially when we need God the most. You know, brother, I was pretty scared the other night when you started acting all weird. Yeah, I know it's scary when I have a seizure, but they happen to me sometimes. Our parents and the doctors are trying to stop them. But brother, when our parents were sleeping, they didn't know I was having a scary episode. But you love me so much that you woke them up and let them know. You are really good at being loving, Bernie. So I'm sure God lives within you. Aw, thanks, brother. It was scary. That's why I jumped up onto Mom and Dad and woke them up. I needed to get you some help. Because I love you. You're my brother. Thanks, Bern. God loves us all so much. And God is with us in the good times and in the bad, in the happy times and in the scary times. And God is always around us and within us, covering us with God's love. We have kids in this church who are going through some pretty scary times themselves. We have kids who have battled cancer and other kids who continue to battle cancer. We have kids who have parents with cancer and we have kids with parent, who have parents with other health problems. So I want our church friends to know that no matter what you're going through, whether it's good or bad, happy or scary, God is with you and God loves you. Because God is love. Exactly, brother. Because God is love. And the more we love each other, the more we're filled with God's love. Wow, what an important lesson. Kids, remember that God loves you. And the more you love others, the more God lives within you. So go and be extra loving this week for us, okay? Okay. See you next week, kiddos.
Savior, I know for sure. All of my days are held in your hand, crafted into your perfect plan. You gently call me into your presence, guiding your Holy Spirit, teach me, dear Lord, to live all of my life through your eyes. I'm captured by your holy calling, set me apart, I know drawing me to yourself. Lead me, Lord, I pray. Take me, mold me, use me, fill me. I give my life to comes from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter. We will read verses 29 through 39. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please give us a thumbs up on Facebook or, or type an amen or say amen if you are here in this place. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, and Simon, that is Simon Peter, Simon's mother-in-law, was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once, and he came and he took her by the hand, and Jesus lifted her up, and then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. And then that evening at sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and would not permit the demons to speak 
because they knew him. And in the morning, it was still very dark, and Jesus got up and he went to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon, Simon Peter, and his companions hunted for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. And Jesus answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went through Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power while we are here in this place, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Now let's take a moment to talk about the Gospel of Mark before we dig into our lesson that we find today in the Gospel of Mark. Now Mark was a really common name during biblical times, but since Mark is mentioned at the end of the first letter of Peter, it has been traditionally believed that the author of the Gospel of Mark was one of Peter's disciples. Now this is not known for sure since the name was a common name, but a man named Eusebius, who was a historian, he was also a bishop and a close companion of Emperor Constantine, who lived in the late 200s, early 300s, believed that Mark took Peter's stories about Jesus and compiled them all to write the Gospel of Mark. So that is how it's traditionally believed that the Gospel of Mark is written by one of Peter's disciples. Now, we also know that Matthew and Luke had access to the Gospel of Mark while they wrote their Gospels. But with this traditional thought that Mark is written by one of Peter's disciples, we need to understand that the story that we're about to read, or, or the story that we just read, but we are about to discuss, comes from the perspective of 
Peter. We are learning about this story because it was important to Peter. So let's kind of understand that if we are going with the traditional thought that Mark is written by one of Peter's disciples. And as we look at the story, we're learning some details. And one of the details that we're learning about Peter is actually one that's really interesting and important. And that is that Peter was apparently married. Peter, also known as Simon or Simon Peter or Cephas. He goes by several names here in our Bible. Peter was apparently married. We don't know if he has any kids. None of those details about kids come up at all. So we don't know anything about this. But we know that Peter has a mother-in-law. And as far as I know, the only way to have a mother-in-law is to have a spouse. And so Peter was apparently married. And so as we look at this story, let's, we can dig into even more, then we can see that Peter was married and that when his mother-in-law became sick, it was clearly a distraction to Peter because Jesus did more than just heal people. Of course, he did heal people and, and everybody who had an ailment wanted to come to Jesus to be healed. But Jesus did so much more than just heal. He also had to speak and had to preach and, and had to share the good news and had to share the spoken word. Jesus had so much that he had to do. But he had to take time, according to this story, to heal Peter's mother. Now, why did Jesus take the time out of his busy day to heal Peter's mother? Now, we don't know for sure, but we can imagine that Peter's wife must have been extra stressed and worried when her mother became extremely sick. We can imagine, too, that Peter must have been pulled away from his job as a disciple, that he was being pulled away and distracted, being pulled more towards the ailments of his family while he was supposed to be a disciple of Jesus. And so Jesus goes to the house of Peter's mother-in-law and he doesn't just heal her, but he fully restores her. She had been so sick that she had been feverish. And when Jesus goes in and he heals her, she becomes fully restored. She gets up and starts serving them, which means it's not like he healed her and she started to feel better. The fever went away, but she was still weak. But Jesus healed her and it appears as though she was fully restored and that this was truly miraculous. But Jesus goes to heal the mother-in-law of Peter uh, because of course he cares about her as well. But this must have been important to Peter. This must have been truly important to Peter because he must have been so distracted by what was going on at home that he was not able to fully focus on his role as a disciple. And then after Jesus heals the mother-in-law, everybody starts swarming to Jesus. They start lining up at the door. Everybody with any ailment who has heard the news that Jesus is a miraculous healer, that Jesus can remove the fever and weakness that afflicts somebody that Jesus can heal people. Everybody lines up at the door because they want to be healed. But here's something that Jesus does. The next morning when Jesus knows that people are going to line up at that door again, Jesus knows that he has more work to do than just heal people, but he also knows that he has to care for his own spirit. And so Jesus goes off before anybody can arrive. He goes off early into the morning to a deserted place. He goes off and he spends time in prayer and in spiritual renewal. Jesus takes time to step aside to pray and to rejuvenate his spirit. There is a lesson there as well. But first, let's think about the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. As we read the story and as we've discussed it in Bible study, I am struck in a good way about the humanity of Peter. Now, we only have so much information, but clearly this story was important to Peter, especially if we're assuming that Mark was one of his disciples. And Peter must have felt conflicted and unable to fully commit to Jesus when his home life was in crisis. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knew that Peter was distracted. Jesus knew that Peter's wife's unhappiness was pulling on Peter's focus. Jesus knew that Peter's mother-in-law's health concerns were worrying Peter. And so Jesus healed her. But the honesty of Peter's home life problems distracting him from his work shows us that we have more in common with Peter than we usually realize. Because the reality is that what happens in our home life and in our family life directly affects everything else that's going on in our lives. I'm going to repeat that to make sure we hear it and we understand it. The reality is that what happens 
happens in our home life and in our family life directly affects everything else that is going on in our lives. If our home life is in distress, then our work life will be as well. If our home life is unhappy, it will be hard to find happiness elsewhere. If our home life is anxiety-producing, it will be hard to find peace anywhere. We have a lot of teachers here in this congregation, and I'm sure that if we had our teachers right here with us, that they could give us examples of when they've had students in their class who were going through a really hard thing at home, something really hard, something difficult, maybe neglect or abuse even, and then they've had a hard time focusing on their schoolwork because their home life was so bad that they couldn't even focus well enough at school. Or have you ever had to go to work when you've had a family member who was in crisis? Maybe you've had to go to work and you've had a, a parent who's been in the hospital and the parent is doing extremely poorly or, or maybe a spouse who's in the hospital, but you have to go to work. And so you go to work, but the whole entire time that you're at work, all that you can think about is that family member. All that you can think about is being with them. That's all that you can think about. And so you make it through the workday, but barely, or have any of you through this pandemic time with lots of Netflix watching seen the movie Hillbilly Elegy? It's on Netflix. There's also a book that it's based off of. It's based off of the true story of an attorney's memoir of their life. But I won't spoil the movie because I watched it and it popped into my head as I was thinking about this. I won't spoil anything, but there is one time in the movie when the main character is at a dinner and he is supposed to be fully focused on this dinner, but all that he can think about is what's going on with his mother. And it is distracting him and it is pulling him away from this important dinner meeting because what goes on in our home life directly affects everything else that is going on. The reality is that what happens in our home life and in our family life directly affects everything else that is going on in our life. Peter was just like us. He wasn't superhuman. We often think of him in, in the book of Acts post the resurrection of Jesus when Peter does seem to have kind of superhuman powers through the gift of the Holy Spirit. But when Peter was a disciple, he was not by any means superhuman. He was just like regular people. He was just like the rest of us. He was a regular guy with a regular life and a regular family. And prior to being Jesus' disciples, he had just a regular job. And he was worried about his wife. And he was worried about his mother-in-law. He was so worried that his focus was not where he was supposed to be. His focus was not where it was supposed to be. Literally, Peter was in the presence of the Son of God. He was in the presence of the Son of God and he couldn't stay focused because his home life was distracting him. The reality is that what happens in our home life and in our family life directly affects everything else that happens to us. And then think about Jesus. Jesus could barely walk around without people running to him, wanting to be healed by him. But still, Jesus takes the time early in the morning to retreat. He takes time to care for his own spirit. Even though everybody else wants something from Jesus, Jesus takes time to retreat on his own, to care for his own spirit, to care for his own self. Because before he can give to others, he needs to make sure that he himself and his spirit is restored. We have these two stories back to back. They, they really go together, but they're also these two stories back to back that are as brief as can be because Mark always tells us these stories with extreme brevity. So if he was Peter's disciple, I think we can assume that Peter was a man of very few words. But we have these two stories that go back to back and we can look at these stories of first Peter being so distracted that Jesus goes and heals his mother-in-law and then Jesus going off in the morning to restore his own spirit before he goes off to heal and, and to preach for everybody else. And as we look at these stories, we can assume that if we want to be good Christians, which hopefully we want to do, if we want to be good Christians, 
If we want to be good employees in our workplaces, whatever those places might be, if we want to be good teachers or, or parents or activists or influencers or whatever it is that we do in our lives, if we want to be good at what we do in our day-to-day life, then we need to make sure that we first take time to fix what's going on in our own home lives and in our own souls. We need to follow Jesus' example and make sure that if we want to be good people in the world, that we first take time to be devoted to God, that we first take time to care for our spirit, to restore our spirit and our soul. And we need to follow Peter's example and know that if we have something that is distracting us, we need to take care of whatever that is that's distracting us. We need to take care of that. We need to fix that and remedy that so that then we can be fully present in the work that we need to do in this world. We cannot do our best out in the world if we don't first make sure that all is well here in our souls and at home. Because if we skip taking care of ourselves, if we skip taking care of our spirit, if we skip taking care of our families and in our home life, then we won't be ready to do the work that is in front of us. So let's take this time on the first Sunday of the month, on this communion Sunday, Let's take time on this Sunday to check in with what matters, to check in with our core, to check in with our soul, to check in with our home life. Let's take a moment to check in with the base on which everything else is founded. Let's check to see, are we being good parents? Are we being good grandparents? Are we being good children? Are we being good spouses? Are we being the people we are called to be? Are we making sure that our home life is good and that it's a safe and a loving place? And are we making sure that we are caring for our spiritual selves? I think about Jesus. He's talking about judgment, but we can use it here in this example. Jesus says that we need to first take the log out of our own eye before we can take the splinter out of our neighbor's eyes. So thinking about that, when we're thinking about spiritual care too, we also need to think that we need to to make sure that spiritually we are whole before we can help others out there in the world. So we need to ask ourselves, are we spending enough time in prayer and devotion to God? Are we spending enough time caring for our spirit? Are we spending enough time making sure that our soul is in the good hands of our loving God? Are we making sure that we're taking care of our spirit before we go out there to make the world hopefully a better place? Are we healing our own lives and our own families before we go out to heal the world? These are the questions that we ask ourselves on the first Sunday of the month. These are the questions that we ask ourselves on the communion Sunday. Are we first making sure that all is well in here and in our home before we go out to do work in this world? And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you We turn to you, Holy Lord. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power. Lord, we thank you for guiding us and for leading us, and we ask that you restore our souls, that you restore our families, that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us so that we can be good Christians and disciples in this world. Bless us with your spirit and with your power. We pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and together we say... Amen. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me. 
Because you died and rose again Amazing love, how can it be That you, my King, would die for me Amazing love, I know it's true my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. And I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive. Spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? You, my King, would die for me. for our offering. Please take this moment to give online or to send in your check. We thank all who continue to give during this time of COVID. We truly say thank you. And now let us pray. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. We gather here in Jesus' name. His love is burning in our hearts like living flame. For through the loving Son, the Father makes us one. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Lord. No one is a stranger here. Forgive all wrongs. He 
joins us here. He breaks the bread. The Lord who pours the cup is risen from the dead. The one we love the most is now our gracious host. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Lord. We are now a family of which the Lord is head. Though unseen he meets us here in the breaking of the bread. We'll gather soon where angels sing. We'll see the glory of our Lord and coming King. Now we anticipate the feast for which we wait. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Lord. Come, you who are weary and restless, Come all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being in all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord. And we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it, in remembrance of me. And so we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us that as we receive them, we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread, we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing, we participate in the newness of life. Come, for all things are now ready. Now is the time you can take communion. Let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith, increase our love for one another, and let us show the world your greatness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the unity with the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I come to you, for I 
satisfied. I am empty, but I know your love does not run dry. So I wait for you. So I wait for you. I'm falling on my knees, offering all of me. Jesus, your all this heart is living for. restores my life so I wait for you so I wait for you I'm falling on my knees offering all of me Jesus you're all this heart love of God, go forth with the power of the Holy Spirit. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? My King would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. Forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love. 